This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to the interview series. Welcome to the Retail Insider Podcast. I'm your host today, Craig Patterson, and we're joined here with a special guest, Rafi Laser. He's the CEO of AlmaDev. Thank you, Rafi, for joining us. And tell us about uh, AlmaDev and what it does. My pleasure. Uh, at AlmaDev, um, we are basically uh, developers and asset owners and, and managers of income-producing properties. Uh, we have uh, on the on the income side uh, about seven and a half million square feet of income-producing properties across various asset classes, mostly industrial and office, and predominantly in the U.S. Uh, and on the development side, we have um, at various stages of development, zoning, construction, marketing, and sales, uh, close to 9,000 uh, units uh, across several large master plan communities that we have at the GTA and in uh, Montreal. Now, one of the biggest projects I think you're working on right now is the redevelopment of the Galleria Shopping Center in Toronto. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, first of all, tell us about the uh, location where it is. It's just outside of downtown Toronto. Exactly. It's just outside of downtown, but it's just close enough to give you all the perks of being so close to downtown. So that's that's part of the unique uh, uh, attributes that we, we, we saw that one of those great advantages we saw in this side beyond its sheer scale of being a 20 acre uh, uh, um, site, uh, with a, you know, including the, the eight acre park that is uh, south of it. So uh, I definitely do point, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a um, up and coming, a development area. There's, there's developments uh, all around us. Uh, and it's definitely where the city, uh, one of the places, one of the paths where the city would grow and we continue to see this growth uh, going in that direction. Uh, and we're happy to be part of this uh, development of the area. And what was there before was a fairly low, low laying shopping center. So it was a, I actually hadn't been to the, well, no, I've driven by it but before. Parts of it were demolished. I think it was a one-level shopping center with parking around it uh, for the most part. Yeah, it's one of those sites that you you would travel by with your car and probably wouldn't pay a lot of attention to because it wasn't unique from any architectural perspective and it seems like dull and even dated. Uh, but it was, in fact, a very tremendously important element of the community life in the area. So it actually did serve as a hub for young and old, of all ages, of all backgrounds that would would congregate there and, and would actually uh, uh, have their their social uh, uh, life or day to day stuff from not just buying groceries and, and bank and, and and medicine, but also uh, sitting on the benches and, and, and enjoying a cup of coffee and, and chatting and, and playing around. Uh, so there was a very important community hub. It was still is very close to the community center for the community. So it was kind of played. Both of them played a very role, was basically the center of the neighborhood. So yeah, it won't be anything to talk about from an architectural perspective, but it had a very important role in the life of the community. And our one of our targets in our development was to maintain that role, enhance it even, and keep it as part of the future development as well. Yeah, tell us a little bit about how uh, community is going to come into the project, as well as what's um, going to be involved in the uh, new Galleria, which will include residential buildings and I think a new community center and a new park and the way that it's all integrated. Uh, now, and I'll tell listeners as well, um, I saw you speak at the uh, Urban Land Institute uh, uh, talk recently in Toronto about this, and I found it fascinating and wanted to talk about this on a podcast. So tell us a bit more about uh, the overall project, how community comes into play, and um, what's going to be involved with the Galleria in terms of the housing and other elements as well? It's a big question. <laughs> it's a, I'll, I'll do my best. Now, pleasure, pleasure. So, so I'll start with the obvious. It is a master plan community, which is 
basically our expertise. It's what we do. It's it's we've done several of those uh, across the GTA. So this is kind of where we we built a, a niche for ourselves. It's it's going to have a, a 2,900 units. It's going to have uh, over 150 units are going to be affordable housing, which by the way are going to be delivered in the first phase of the building. So we're not in, in of the project, in the first block. We're not going to wait until the end of the project to give it. Uh, we're going to uh, have this the, the you know the city of Toronto enjoy the affordable housing supply as early as the first block. Uh, it's going to have 300,000 uh, square feet of retail. So in that sense, we actually enhanced, we actually increased the retail footprint. Uh, it's actually going to be larger than the uh, square footage that the mall, uh, original mall had, but it's going to be done differently in a way that is more accommodating. And we're going to talk more of it uh, maybe later about, about what the changes that we see in the retail. But in terms of square footage, we're actually enhancing the square footage of the retail. And of course, we're taking a, a, a round down, almost, I want to say, neglected park that was hidden from the eye and unaccessible just behind a, 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 an, an old a community center. And we're going to take both and relocate them a bit, but create a much larger, much more interactive uh, type of experience. The park is going to be completely revamped from um, nothing but grass patches, unaccessible grass patch to, to something that has... All the activities you can imagine from a soccer field to a skating rink and anything in between. And um, uh, of course, the big uh, uh, advantage for the community would be uh, the construction of the new uh, Wallace Emerson Community Center. We're going to build a new one. It's it's double the size of the existing one. It has all the perks and all the services that the city, uh, together with us in full cooperation, uh, developed. Uh, by the way, we broke ground in the construction of that. So it's actually under under construction as we speak. The construction has started. We're very proud of it. Uh, and as a whole, the community is going to provide really um, a real sense of community. So yeah, there's there's you have the housing options. You have all forms of housing: large units, smaller units, rental, condo, affordable rental, uh, retail, uh, a park with all all the amenities, a new uh, um, a community center, and all that within, as we said before. Uh, minutes from the downtown core of Toronto. What's the timeline in terms of the phases and the completion of this uh, Galleria project? So we're already in construction. In fact, uh, we expect that the construction of the block phase, which com- uh, comprises of the first two buildings, Galleria 1 and Galleria 2, that's also already well underway. It's actually expected to uh, uh, commence occupancy at some point uh, in early uh, 2024. So we're very advanced in that uh, in that process. We're very proud of it, um, and we've just recently broken ground on on block two, which is the third block, Galleria three. Um, sorry about the numbers; I know they're a bit confusing. But uh, Galleria three uh, is our second block, and this is where we broke ground um, a few weeks ago. It's underway; it's under construction, and uh, we just made a big announcement about this recently. Um, and we're progressing with that development. That's a flat iron building, an architectural monument, if you will, at the, at the entrance of the city. It will be uh, followed um, in a few years with a um, continued further block, uh, block one, which is to the south of it, and then eventually uh, the last two blocks until the full, full completion, uh, um, probably around, you know, between, I would say, eight or ten years from today, we'll, we'll expect to, to complete the entire uh, construction. And let's talk a bit about the retail mix. Uh, you mentioned there'd be about 300,000 square feet of uh, commercial space. What kind of tenants are we seeing? Like probably a grocery store is going to be one of them. So yeah, absolutely. All of it. So as I said before, the, the, the retail space had a very specific function. So 
So it served as a hub, but it also serves as what I think is going to be in the future as well, as an amenity for the community, as an amenity for the development. So it had all the necessary services. We have a, a grocery there. We have a pharmacy there. We have a bank. We have a gym. We have a pet store. Those elements uh, continue to operate throughout the construction. We have actually made a very significant efforts to kind of awkwardly phase the project. If you start in the east, move to the west, go to the south, and go back to the center in a very un, unorthodox way of phasing, um, uh, some would even say less than efficient phasing, just so we can maintain those functions available for the community operational throughout the entire development. Once the spaces are built, when the project is complete in block, the next block and the further block, those tenants are going to relocate to their permanent location within the development. And then the room that they're currently sitting in will be the grounds for the next uh, So we, we kind of do it in a way where we integrate the retail, uh, uh, continues to operate throughout the construction, and then find itself into uh, the permanent location. So at, at the end of the day, we're going to have the grocery, we're going to have the gym, we're going to have the bank, we're going to have the pet store. Uh, and, and of course, we're going to add uh, much more retail there. but I think one of the things we are really, really looking forward to do is to introduce those, those a bit of a different retail experience. Um, not, it's fine to have those large department stores and, 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 and we're all for it, but I think there's a lot of room these days to have those boutiques, moms and pop shops, and, and this entire more personal, uh, unique retail experience that have, have kind of uh, disappeared a bit from all those, those mega malls where there was just no room for them and we are looking forward to introduce this more community uh, type of retail into this uh, development, again, as, as part of, the, of, of it being a hub. Uh, so in the future, we do see a mix of services, everything you need. Obviously, coffee shops, obviously, health and wellness, obviously, services, all the stuff you would expect from a mall, but also this boutique mom and shops experience. So we're looking forward to adding that as well. And it's part of that. There's a movement of a 15-minute community, I think is what it's called, where... Um, you can pretty much do every, or almost everything. A person may commute and work a little bit further. Who knows? Lots of people are working from home now. I am as well. But yeah. it, it's sort of that, you know, close knit community. It, it's it's good for sustainability. People aren't traveling or having to commute that much. But it's really really convenient. It is. And I think this is kind of the evolution of where retail is actually headed. So a lot of people like to say, uh, and you probably heard me say it before, but a lot of people try to say that uh, oh, retail it's dead. Well, it's not dead. It has changed it has morphed into something that better serves the needs of today's society the needs of this community so we have a bit more uh, uh maybe a lot more of online shopping than we had before and and there's a lot of stuff as you mentioned that we can do from home and we don't need to actually schlep ourselves into into the nearest mall but we still need those services we still there's certain things that cannot be replaced and it still serves as an amenity and as a hub for the community. So I do see retail exist. I do see the, the need for retail within communities. I just think it needs to be done in a, in a way that is more integrated with the blocks, with the residential elements and the other elements, with the parks and everything, and not so much as an enclosed standalone mall. So this is the experience we're trying to have here. Our retail is going to be broken down into blocks. Every block would have its own retail, but they're all going to be interconnected with a path of, of walkways and paths and roads and, 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 and very walkable uh, um, uh, ways for not only the residents of the community, but also everybody around it to just park their car in the underground parking conveniently and just walk, get everything they need in one place um, in, in a very unique experience. You're talking about 15 minutes uh, walk. Well, 
that we probably need less minutes than that to satisfy uh, everything you would need at the gallery. That's right. That's right. Now, I remember um, the ICSC, it was a while before the pandemic, but they had done um, a survey of, uh, well, of both Canadians and Americans. And a substantial portion, especially of the Canadians, said that they would like to live in that type of environment. And, and what I mean, actually, is a shopping centre redevelopment environment. I, I guess these would be households that would be open to more of a multifamily type of living. But it, it looks like this is something which is actually becoming uh, quite desirable for Canadians. We agree. And you know what? We see it. We see it in our marketing. We see it in the feedback that we get from our, our, our brokers community and, and of course, our, our purchasers. Uh, uh, we see it that today uh, you really have need to provide a much more comprehensive experience uh, when you think about your future place where you want to live. And I think COVID even in a way even enhanced it a bit and, and kind of showed the importance of having things uh, a bit more localized, a bit more closer to home, a bit more easily reached, a bit, a bit more conveniently, a bit more community than, than what has been uh, maybe the ideal uh, just maybe maybe five or ten years ago. Uh, it's not just enough to have state-of-the-art development with great finishes and a wonderful unit. We pride ourselves in the quality of our product, but I, I would argue we have one of the best uh, units out there in the market in, in, in GTA. Uh, but you have to sell a bit more. We give much more than that. You're not just buying a condo or a rent an apartment at the Galleria. You get all of these advantages around you. You have an eight-acre park, a 95,000-square-feet community center, 300,000 square feet of amenities, of, of, of anything you can imagine, on top of the rich amenities you already have in the building, and, and all within a minute from the downtown core. It's a really a full and complete package. That's what I agree that's the feedback we're getting. That's what people are looking for these days. Amazing. Now, um, and this is becoming part of a city building initiative that I think we're seeing across. We're we're seeing it across Toronto in the ULI uh, Urban Land Institute talk that uh, you were part of. They mentioned that there were 19 shopping center properties uh, in probably I think the Greater Toronto area that have been earmarked for uh, such developments and intensification on the sites. Absolutely, I think uh, I think Toronto is, is is leading this wave in America. I think we are we are definitely setting the example of how to best utilize uh, the things that are most needed in a growing city of ours. Toronto is a wonderful city. I would argue the best city in the world, and I think it's growing, and we want it to continue to grow. But there's a limit in in available space for development. The, the, those green patches where you could just uh, get a building going are, are gone. You have to think outside of the box, and you have to find the most efficient way in the urban landscape uh, uh, to provide all those elements we need. We have a housing crisis. We need to let people live comfortably, reasonably, in an affordable way, a reasonable way with all the amenities that they need to get. Uh, and the only way to do it is to find those those areas within the urban landscape okay, that you can redevelop and redesign and create into those mixed-use environments. I, I believe this is the only way to go. Just give it the limitations of what we have. Listen, we have we have the, uh, 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 an influx of, of of new Canadians coming into into our great country. It used to be around the three hundred thousand dollar mark. We're now getting as as many as as maybe five hundred thousand uh, newcomers, which is the most welcome thing. And and we do need it, and and, and we do want it. This is the, this is what being Canadian is all about. At the end of the day, we're a melting pot of all those great people coming to live here. A good chunk of them will end up in the GTA. Uh, some people say 30%, some people say 40%. There's not really a, a, a unified data on that because a lot of you know a lot of people would land in some place and then hop on a train and get find themselves in, in the GTA. But 
at the end of the day, this is where you see the employment and the education and, and the schools, and this is the services. And this is where a lot of people find their where they want to uh, uh, have the next chapter in life. And those people that are coming here need 60, 70, maybe 80,000 housing units built on an annual basis to meet that annual demand before we even start talking about, you know, uh, catching up with uh, uh, the demand, that the, the, the supply shortage of prior years. And we're not, we're not anywhere near that in terms of construction across all between rentals and, and detached and, and, and high rise, we're nowhere near that. We're probably around something around half of that. So there is a building uh, a crisis, the housing crisis, and the only way for us to be an active participant in resolving it is by, by building it efficiently without taking away what is there, but enhancing what is there and adding the housing options of all kinds. Terrific. Now, you mentioned the United States. I'm just thinking off the top of my head, I don't know if we're seeing the shopping center redevelopments in, say, some major pricier cities in the United States, like how we're seeing it in the greater Toronto area and also in the Vancouver market. Those seem to be the two places in Canada where I'm seeing this happening. But have you seen much in the right. United States, just given um, uh, Almadev's uh, presence down there? Well, I, I don't think we have the same macro um, and, and some other restrictions necessarily in Toronto as we do in other places. And Toronto is is super unique. First of all, in terms of of, of, of Rate of growth, it's one of the top in the in, in North America. So our growth has been has been very, very uh, fast. It's been very, very substantial. Uh, in a short period of time, a lot of people come here and, and everything needs to, all the infrastructure need, needed to be and still needs to be, frankly, uh, enhanced. If we talk about public transportation and, and subways and LRTs and sanitation and water and all those great things, you know, a lot has been done and still a lot needs to be done in order for the city to be able to sustain its own its own growth. I don't know that it's necessarily other places in, in the U.S. experience the same problem. Uh, we also have the green belt that kind of limits our, our um, a, a land use. I'm not going into the recent debate now about uh, what's going on with it. Generally, I think we all wholeheartedly agree that the green belt is super important and needs to be maintained. And 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 it's a good thing, but it does limit, uh, uh, you know, the the ability of, of what you can do and what you cannot do. Uh, I think there's also a lot of regulation in Toronto, especially uh, that sets out where are those specific areas where you can you can have intensification versus other places that there are not. So uh, I, I said it's a good thing. We're very organized, uh, you know, municipality in that sense that. There's, there's order. <laughs> this is where you can build high rise, and this is where it's going to be a neighborhood, and that's going to stay for a long, long while like that. Whereas I see in other municipalities, especially in the U, in the U.S., uh, a bit more uh, of a mix and match. You can find towers in areas where there used to be only low rise, and vice versa. It's, it's not always as unified and as organized as I would think uh, we do it here. So I think we are unique. At the end of the day, it's the immigration, it's the growth that comes here to Toronto that, that really forces us to, to do this out-of-the-box thinking and, and, and find those ways to create those, those uh, uh, malls into something else. And I know you mentioned a couple of developments. Some of them keep the malls. Some of them eliminate the malls. Some of them, like us, are more of a hybrid where you, you just change them all. But at the end of the day, they all share the same story. There's a large patch of land that is underutilized and is not helping in of itself to help the crisis, the needs of the current community. And those areas need to be redeveloped in a way that would, again, not take away anything, 
but improve the existing, enhance the experience, and add more housing. We need more houses of any kind. And like you said, some properties, like say Yorkdale, does have some has a has applications to it in terms of redevelopment, but will maintain uh, at least in the probably our lifetimes, or at least for a long time, the retail component as it currently is. Whereas Galleria, and I've seen a few other projects as well, are looking at, I guess, doing a completely new retail experience, uh, which in the case of the Galleria, I think makes sense because there was not a Yorkdale type of mall, but the new project is going to be spectacular for those living in the area and those coming in to visit even. I I, I agree. I I think that we say the word uh, mall very loosely, but at the end of the day, you have more of a regional mall that is really plays a certain role in terms of providing certain unique retail experience that others mall cannot, other malls cannot. And, and then you have this more what I call a, a neighborhood mall, something that, you know, probably belongs more to the 80s, if you will, and, and, and is less about what is needed now when like, we're you know, at the verge of, of entering the 2023. Uh, uh, so I think those local, more localized neighborhood malls are the ones that are are prone for development. Other ones that are going to end up probably being, and that's what we really see at the end of the day, less so necessarily the more regional uh, malls, even though uh, there are applications on those as well. And uh, But I agree with you that those, those applications would probably not incorporate um, a significant change to the retail component. It would be more of building on the outskirts, utilizing better the parking spaces maybe around the mall, and not so much about the mall itself. So I uh, Every every mall has its own attributes and its own its own role to play. Uh, yeah, I would agree. There's, there's a distinction here. Now, in terms of, <clears throat> we'll talk about the Galleria and any other projects that you can think of. But would you see development around the shopping center happening as well? In terms of there may be some, say, lower density neighborhoods or some sites around that uh, could also be appropriate for redevelopment. And again, I do know the area around Yorkdale where we are seeing, say, on Dufferin. Uh, Dufferin Road or Dufferin Street, um, some new proposals, I think a new hotel, new residential buildings. Are, are we seeing anything, say, around the, the Galleria site that will also be slated to add further housing into that neighborhood and create a bit of a city node? Absolutely there is. And, and you'll see it in, uh, not, on, not only in our case, uh, you'll see it in, in also in our prior projects and I think in other projects as well. When you create a hub, a community center of, of that magnitude, and I don't mean the community center in, in like Wallace Emerson, I'm talking about a, a, a community that is centered to its area. Um, it, it, it's such a volume, such an extent, it sends shockwaves throughout the entire area. And you would see development, we already see applications, we see other developments that, that, that nourish from our uh, uh, plan, and, and we're super happy with that because development is great for everybody. If we have a bigger community and more people come to this wonderful part of town, then, then we, nothing makes us more happy. We don't want to be the only, the only uh, uh, you know, show in town. It's fine. We love to be uh, uh, the center of an ever-expanding community around us. Absolutely. Um, again, like I said, the amenities that we are creating go far beyond the needs and the, and the amenity aspect of, of our community. So this eight-acre park with all the stuff that's going to go in it is going to serve people from miles around our site and probably even more. It might even be a, a destination for some to come and hang out in this park with all the other uh, attractions uh, around it. Uh, the, the retail experience that, that we would create would probably not be that different from, again, just if you want, like as a vibe, but I don't know how different it will be from maybe similar to the distillery district or the shops and the meals or some or mix between the two where you can, it's actually a destination for people to come, whether you live in this community or not. 
And of course, a 95,000 square feet community center, which is one of the largest in the city of Toronto, is in of itself another element that, that is going to generate a lot of value creation for the neighbors behind. We've already seen significant value increase in the value of the houses around our site, but also with the track development, large scale, small scale, depending on, 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 on whatever is, is permitted, but it's definitely a growing factor for the entire area and the entire city, I would argue. Amazing. And uh, now how, I'm just thinking about other cities in Canada, how important um, would, you know, quote unquote, high real estate prices be to redeveloping these sites? Now, you mentioned, of course, that uh, population growth is very, very important. Uh, there's a constriction in land. And I'm thinking specifically, again, of the greater Toronto area and greater Vancouver area. Those seem to be the two markets that have uh, the shopping centers. Uh, most of the shopping centers actually probably in those both of these regions slated for redevelopment, but they're also the most expensive places to live in Canada in terms of real estate prices for residences, both buying and renting. Correct. Uh, I think one of the biggest problems we see right now is that uh, we are, we are especially now in the, those existing times with, with, with uh, interest going up and, and everything around us and all those questions, will there be a recession? Where are we headed? What's going to be with the economy? Uh, is it the right time to move? Is it the right, right to, time to make the change for us? Do I have my employment uh, security that would allow me to, to get that mortgage that I need to? Like all those questions started to pop up maybe more now than before. And, and, and pricing is an issue. I know a lot of people think that developers like high prices. No, let me burst that bubble. We don't like high prices. We like happy purchasers and we like to make profit in our projects, but we like it to be reasonable. We like it to be uh, uh, in cooperation with all the other elements around the city, uh, the increased pricing comes mostly as a result of the increased costing. So we had, uh, you know, a, a lot of the, the, the inflation, you know, that we see around us did not spare uh, our industry. And you see construction costs increase by over 20% year over year, 20%. We're seeing development charges increases, uh, um, you know, by the city. We're seeing increased expenses that make our construction financing that much more expensive or the carrying cost of our land very expensive. And we see all those other elements that adding to the cost and, and, and really pushing those dispersing level uh, higher. Nothing would make me happier if we could just live in a fixed world, a constant world where prices don't exist, the, the cost escalation don't exist and pricing remains stable and everybody can afford it. So that's on the gel on the micro. But if you're now looking specifically at the Galleria, and frankly, in all of our other sides, uh, we are on the more affordable side of the range. So our price level, um, comparable to other locations that are minutes from our site in downtown, is on the lower range of that. Of that uh, so we, we think of ourselves as building communities for the families. Our, our purchasers are... And young young professionals and, and and older couples that you know the kids have left the house and it's time to downsize and uh, of of all backgrounds and of all ages and of all uh, of, of all elements of the society. So um, no, our project is not in, in in King Street. Our project is not located in in Yorkville. Our project is located in Dufferin Dupont. We're super proud of it. This is where the families live. This is where a family-oriented community. Can exist and allow people to live in a in a more affordable way. I, I won't come and say that the price level in Toronto is low. It's the highest it's ever been, and we understand why. It's a, a lot of it is supply and demand. By the way, part of the reason, uh, a big chunk of the reason, is that there's a huge gap between the demand that keeps coming 
and the supply. And this is why uh, recent um, uh, initiatives that are aimed at, at uh, allowing developers to build more homes are actually blessed in my mind because that's really what we need. If you have, if you, if you have a need for 60 or 70 or 80,000 housing units a year in the GTA, you better build it. If you build it, you'll have price stability. If you're building half of it, you'll have an ever-increasing price. It's, 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 it's economics 101. So we're trying to be the, the solution for this. We don't, we're not the problem. We're trying to be the solution for it. We're trying to do it not only by building sheer quantity of, 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 of units, but also by providing a, a huge variety. So in terms of sizes, more family-oriented uh, units, um, uh, units that, that, that appeal to all, all, all types and all, all type of, 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 uh, of uh, members of the population of all ages, um, whether it's uh, rentals or whether it's condominiums, whether it's uh, a more townhouse type of feel or whether it's more of a luxury uh, penthouse type of feel. We have it all. Our, we're very diverse in our, in our inventory and we have a, a lot for everything. So we need more housing, but we need a lot of variety diverse type of housing. And we offer all of that to the area. Are we seeing more families with children looking at um, living in apartment type housing? And by apartment, I mean, it can be a condominium, but being part of a building. Uh, it, Toronto's been traditionally, uh, you know, live in a house with a backyard type of city, but that has certainly been changing, uh, especially in recent years, as we've seen this explosion of growth, where I think Toronto had more construction cranes in the air for buildings that obviously need cranes as part of the construction yeah. and perhaps yeah. anywhere in the world or certainly in North America. I would, I would argue that, yes, we definitely see it in our communities, at least. We see a lot of young couples. We see a lot of strollers out there. And we see people that say, you know what? Maybe it's, 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 it's super nice to have this backyard, but it's also nice to have a nice condo um, uh, or live in an apartment with a nice balcony, great views. Uh, all the amenities you can think of at the building, uh, a place for the kids to, to to hang, and a nice chef kitchen to entertain our guests, and a spa and a hot tub and a pool, you know, to get this uh, fun thing that would make, you know, it's very hard for you to build in your backyard usually. And, and all those amenities at the building level and the concierge and the convenience of all that. And who wants to shovel snow, really? And, and all those advantages that you have while living in a very nice, well-maintained, well-managed uh, condominium. And on top of that, having all this community and all those projects we've mentioned with the park and the community center and the retail and everything around it. So I think more and more people understand that this is a very nice way for them to, to, to live and to, to uh, basically get all the elements that they need at, at, at their doorstep. Uh, so there's something to be said about living in such a community. We definitely see a lot more families. And, and I said, we're, we're building it for the families. This is a family-oriented community. Uh, it's located that way, it's built that way, it's designed that way. That's what we have in our minds when we think about what we want to have in this community. That's why we build a gigantic park and that's why we're doing this, all those amazing things around us. We think of families. Families come on all sides. The families can be young and old, with kids and without kids. They come in all colors and all shapes. But it's a, it's a community. It's a, it's, a, it's a combination of lots of families. Definitely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This has been so interesting. I've learned a lot here today around uh, redevelopment of shopping centers. We'd love to have you come back and talk about this more because I think this is a really, really fascinating topic. I want to say thank you. This has been Rafi Laser. He's the CEO of Alma Dev. Thank you so much for joining us, Rafi. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. 
And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. This is the Retail Insider Podcast, and I'm your host today, Greg Patterson. Take care and bye for now. Thank you.